And we're back. It's Kiddish Club News for Jews, another episode, and we're in the nine days. Do you miss the meat yet? I always miss the meat. Yeah, always. that's right, because this is Kiddish Club. <laughs> if you don't miss meat, you don't belong listening to us. If you're a, if you're a vegan, <laughs> shut the podcast off. We're kidding. We're kidding. We need our vegans. What about the no showers? How is that coming for you? Oh, it's great for me. Uh, my wife is a different story. Don't ask her that question. <laughs> But you've always wanted, you know, weren't you like an experiment with like not yeah. washing your hair and now's your chance. Well, I, I gave you my word. I gave, I gave our audience my, my word that I would go without washing my hair for an extended period of time to see if that helped my scalp condition. And did it? I didn't do it. <laughs> so I think now, I, I feel like now is the right time for you to commit. Oh, do you? <laughs> for at least the next nine days that you should not wash your hair and just see how that progresses. Are you ready to commit? I will get back to you on that. <laughs> you see, you keep doing that and then we are all left, you know. So aside from the nine days, how is the summer for you? Summer's been going well. You know, I, I, I got into the uh, the sport that's... Uh, Taking the nation by storm? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and guess which one it is. I don't have to guess. You invited me for a pickleball game and <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and that I'm, is true. I don't think I'm doing it. I just don't think I'm doing it. Why not? I prefer tennis and I feel like the pickleball will water that down. So that's where you're wrong. Pickleball is tennis 2.0. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you the truth. Pickleball, I made fun of it also. Uh, I, I do play some tennis, but I, I did make fun of it. Then I played it and I was like, okay, I'm sold. And I'll tell you why. It's like if tennis and ping pong were to have a child, it would be pickleball. It's like tennis, a little bit less running, a little bit less skill necessary. Uh, also, some of the strategy that you would play in ping pong, some of the way you ways you hit the ball are very similar in ping pong. So for those who don't know, it's played on a court similar to a tennis court, but smaller. Uh, the ball, instead of it being a tennis ball, is almost like a wiffle ball, but, but it's not bendable, right? So it's like, a, let's say, a hard wiffle ball. Um, the rackets are a lot smaller than in tennis, and um, it's a load of fun. I just got to tell you, it's a load of fun. Well, the the name could use a little work. I know, I know. Pickleball is not really doing it for me, and it seems like it's just tennis for dummies. Yeah, yeah. Well, tennis for old people is what people usually say. <laughs> I've had people threaten to unfriend me socially if I would partake in pickleball. Oh, so that's why you rejected my invite. <laughs> it's not really that's not really the reason it's just i'm not rushing there i hear you you know so I, one thing I, I mentioned on the cast before uh timu.com t-e-m-u.com that site that's basically like aliexpress but it comes much quicker but you get everything from china it's really cheap and i started just like buying some pickleball accessories so of course i go to, to timu.com and everything's like half the price of amazon and um i was looking for some possibly like just junk Bluetooth headphones that I could just like use, you know, that are open ear so that I could hear while while they're on. And um, I found like these these headphones and they're like, you know, five bucks and I'm going to share with you. So like this is coming from China, right? So everything is like Changlish. And so they're using like Google Translate and we'll, we'll share this with the cast. We'll put it on, into WhatsApp. Um, it has like a whole bunch of images that are like promotional And in one of them, it shows these open-ear headphones, and it says, no sense of delay, 
that's good. You don't want a delay in your Bluetooth, in your Bluetooth audio. So it says, no sense of delay. Next line, eat chicken steadily. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I guess I'm not buying them during the nine days, right? I will not be eating chicken steadily. And I don't even know what to make of this, but I'm dying to know what they meant to say in Chinese that got translated as eat chicken steadily. You know what you can do uh, is put eat chicken steadily into Google Translate, right? To translate that into Chinese. And then then ask a Chinese person. (laughs) Right. Then take that phrase and maybe use another service like the Apple Translate. Yeah. I'm going to try that. That's a good idea. Or ask a Chinese person, you know, maybe they'll they'll have some insight. It reminded me, actually, we got this from a listener. Uh, this came from Ellie in Brooklyn, New York. He sent me a picture of a sign coming from Israel, and it says, uh, Sakana, Borot Bechavish. And then it says, Danger, ignorance on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the plural. Meaning- yes. The plural, like many ignorance, yes. are on the road. <laughs> so obviously, they meant to say, you know, holes in the road, like a boar, boar right. a rabim, but right. instead it translated boar, which is right. like an ignoramus. So, yeah, we'll share that in the WhatsApp group as well. And before we continue, I do want to mention that this week's episode is sponsored by winfordeal.com. Let me ask you, my friend, what would you do with $50,000 cash? Oh, this is a real question? <laughs> yeah, it's a real question. <laughs> we are in the spent. ad, but I am it's, asking. It's already spent. <laughs> I hear you. Well, if I got 50,000 cash, I could tell you, it would definitely be welcome. And I'm going to have that 50,000 cash because I am buying a ticket and I'm going to win this thing. So this is a raffle. It's going. Uh, it's being run by the Synagogue of Deal in Deal, New Jersey. Winfordeal.com is the website. You can win one of four different prizes. One of them is $50,000 cash. One of them is the Rolex Daydate 40 in gold, valued at about $60,000 in cash. One of them is a trip for the whole family to Israel, valued at $65,000. And the last one is a three-year lease on a Mercedes EQS. That's the new electric Mercedes or the Porsche 911, two-year lease. And you could win anyone. It's your choice when you win, but you got to be in it to win it. The website is win4deal.com, W-I-N-F-O-R-D-E-A-L.com. Sounds very fancy. How much is a ticket? Like 500 Uh, No, actually, it looks like it's 180 a ticket. Not bad. Well, no, that's not bad at all. That's pretty good. So check them out, win4deal.com, and good luck. So there's so much going on. There's, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much going on that pertains to Jews. Of course, we know uh, Biden met with uh, Herzog. Not with Bibi, but with Herzog, president of Israel. Uh, That happened. Uh, But before we even mention that, it is my job, as you know, to always inform you when Biden stumbles getting into Air Force One. And he once again stumbled getting into Air Force One. What a surprise. (laughs) Okay, we can move on, but it had to be mentioned. Of course. You know, I want to tell you something. I wish they would get him an elevator so that we don't have to go through this every single time. Or like an escalator, right? An escalator going straight into yeah, Air Force just One. Low effort. Just escalate you know, him. You know, he stumbles and then he does like a two handed, you know, holding both both banisters to get up those steps. But nobody like really we're not allowed to talk about this. The fact that the man cannot walk, he can't 
speak. He can't, doesn't know where he is. But everything's fine. Everything is fine. Um, and speaking about Biden, we do have to mention that the Hunter Biden, the whole, not the Hunter Biden technically, but the cocaine that was found in the White House, uh, the Secret Service has officially announced that they've closed the case. Nothing to see here. We don't have any leads. We don't know who could have done it. And the case is closed. <laughs> I, lo- I look forward to seeing that on Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know about you. <laughs> they didn't interview one person. Not one person was interviewed by the Secret Service. So it's like a bona fide cold case. Like yes. they have no leads. <laughs> it's, like it's, a, it's an actual mystery. A real yes. life mystery. Yes. But to be fair, to be fair, I, I read somewhere that it's such a low amount of illicit substance that it wouldn't pay for them to in, invest the resources in, in, in interviewing 500 plus people that were there. Like they can get to the bottom of it, but they're saying like, why would we waste the resources? Of course, it probably helps that Hunter Biden is heavily connected to this. And, and it's addicted it's, to cocaine. <laughs> and, right. But, you know, it is the president's son. They kind of know who did it. They wouldn't need to have a trail that would lead to him. And getting that trail for such a low level offense doesn't seem worth the time, effort and money. OK, uh, as I, I don't remember who I heard say this. Would you feel the same? What if it was anthrax? You think they would have closed the case and they never would have figured it out? And they would have said, there's no DNA. There's too many people, 500 people. We can never figure it out. If God forbid no, it was because anthrax. That seems to be like that would be a malicious intent. Here, there's no malicious intent. Right. So what you're saying is they can figure it out, but they're choosing yes. not to. OK, that's not they're what you're saying. No, that's what you're not- saying. But no, I no, agree with you. No, I agree with you. Well, they didn't say that. The Secret Service did not say. They did say it was a waste of resources. Right. Okay, but which is how I understood it. Yes, but that they they didn't come out and say that they that they could figure it out. They basically said they could not figure it out. Too many people. By the way, I was in the West Wing. The amount of security you have, they do a background check before you could go in. Uh, you have to pass through multiple security checkpoints. Uh, they 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 check you. Everything is checked. So this is no, one of the most protected far, places on earth. Right. By far the most secure spot on the planet. But and they can't yet. find, they can't find, right. No leads. No leads. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a question. Did they even ask Hunter Biden? I wonder. Probably not. Okay. The guy's addicted to cocaine. He's in multiple videos from his laptop that show him snorting cocaine. Maybe, hey, maybe you want to ask him? No, no, no. There's no leads. There's no leads. Can't ask him. You know, this. uh, the truth of the matter is this is why I think, you know, they do polls and they they, that the polls show that the trust that the American people have in the government gets less and less every year. And the amount of people believing conspiracy theories continues to go up. And I can't help but but feel like the reason people start believing these conspiracy theories is because they're not straight with us. They're not honest with us. You know, like speaking of Hunter Biden and the laptop, when the laptop came out during the election, you know, they told us the the intelligence community said, yeah, this is Rus- Russian disinformation. We know that that's not true. So people don't know anymore. And, and it's making all the regular conspiracy theories just explode. So for example, you know, on social media right now, constant, constant, one of these old conspiracy theories that's really just that is that you know, the United States never landed on the moon. Have you seen those videos? Well, yeah, those are old. Like I've seen, like you can fall down this YouTube rabbit hole of 
just moon landing conspiracy theories. Yes. So now, right. But now with the rise of video social media, these things are coming back and they're coming back strong. And even Joe Rogan spoke about it on his podcast. And he said, well, I, I believe, I, I, paraphrasing, he said something like, I believe we did kind of, but it doesn't really make sense to me and I'm not totally convinced. So even Joe Rogan, who's like a real public person, you know, a public persona, questioning the moon landing. And uh, we went to the moon, people. You know, there's even, there's many from people who believe we haven't gone to the moon. Have you ever encountered those people? No. Like, what is the argument? Like, it's not hard to get there. You see the SpaceX rockets going to space. <laughs> right. Well, like going it, to space and going to the moon are very, very different. And again, we haven't done it in 50 years. And You know why? Because there's nothing there. It's unremarkable. <laughs> if we weren't there, we'd be very curious about what's happening on the moon. True. True. And for those people who are listening, who are of that persuasion and think we have not gone to the moon, you should know that during the moon landings, they put these reflectors on the moon, these little reflectors. And from the United States, not from the United States, from the world, multiple independent labs shot lasers at the moon towards those reflectors. The laser bounced back. And we now can confirm from multiple independent researchers that we did, in fact, go to the moon. Well, so, it just means that someone was on the moon. Right. Someone would right? put a reflector there. <laughs> right. not have been Somebody, us, though. <laughs> right. Maybe it was, you know, you don't know. <laughs> Good point. I'm just saying, I know, you, I know you think you're quelling all the conspiracy theorists, but you're just creating a new one. I hear that. That's a valid point. Well, you know, once there's conspiracy theories, it's always, it's almost always going to lead to anti-Semitism. Wait, what? What do we have to do with this? Uh, Jewish space lasers, for example. <laughs> the Jews are responsible for the uh, Ocean Gate submersible exploding. All of these conspiracy theories. Somehow, Jews get mixed in with them. I guess no? that is true. It is somewhat true. Yeah. And so uh, our latest conspiracy theory comes from none other than RFK Jr., candidate for president, who said the following. COVID-19 is targeted to attack uh, Caucasians and, uh, and, uh, and uh, black people. The people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and, uh, and Chinese. And but we don't know whether it was deliberately targeted that or not, but there are papers out there that show the, you know, the, um, the racial and ethnic differential and of impact to that. We do know that the Chinese are spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing ethnic bioweapons, and we are developing ethnic bioweapons. That's what all of those labs in the Ukraine are about. They're collecting Russian DNA. They're collecting Chinese DNA. So we can target people. So I saw this, and I thought he's out of his mind. Well, besides for the actual conspiracy theory, but if you are a presidential candidate, who comes out against... A, an entire segment of the population. Like, why would you disenfranchise people? Well, he, he defends himself by saying, well, I, I didn't come out against anybody. I was just saying that this was genetically engineered uh, to not be as deadly to Askenazi Jews, as he likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, yeah, you were I, the one who pointed that out to me. Yeah, I mean, if get it right. If you're going to come out against us, at least get it right. Askenazi Jews. Yeah, so... That, that, that is now the conspiracy theory of the week. That should be a segment. The conspiracy theory of the week? I like it. Yeah, why not? Should we do that? We definitely should. Nice. 
Well, now that you mentioned segment of the week, we'll digress for a moment. We forgot about my new phobia. (laughs) Did you forget? I did forget. It's a lot of segments to keep track of, but (laughs) but hit me. What is your phobia this week? Okay. So this week, my new phobia comes from Florida. And in Florida, they found, and we're going to include a video of this, the largest python snake nest ever recorded was found in Florida. This reminded me of, uh, I was in Florida, as you know, I was in Orlando on Pesach, and uh, this was last year, and we were walking, it was, you know, around in the evening-ish time, and I was actually with my mother, and she said, did you see that? And I said, what are you talking about? And in the bushes, we saw a snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, they found this 13-foot, 9-inch female Burmese python. And you have to see the video to really appreciate it, how how the guy who's catching it is like wrestling with it, and it's really trying to, you know, take him down. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Oh, I saw that. Was that him holding the mouth open? Yes, yes. Oh, I saw that one. I saw that video, and, and you can't believe how powerful that python snake is. I mean, he was struggling with it, almost like wrestling. Yeah. Well, that's why it's my new phobia. <laughs> I don't just, not Stom. There's yes. a reason why it's my new phobia. Yeah, I get it. I do. And so now my new phobia is Florida. <laughs> that's it. That's the new phobia, Florida. So does this mean you're never going to Florida again? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it. And I don't think the missus would agree. It's true. It's true. I'm going to go to Florida, but it's, it's, I'm going to add it to my list of things to worry about when I'm in Florida. Boy, if I could just take a stroll through your brain. <laughs> you wouldn't want to. No. You would not want to. Not a fun place. Mm. Speaking of Florida, I saw this story, uh, and I wanted to mention it because it got me thinking. So the headline says, a dad drove 17 hours from New Jersey to Disney World when his family's flight was canceled, and he didn't even step inside the parks. So the story talks about how this, da- this family was meant to go to Disney World. Their flight got canceled. He says, you know what? We're not not going. We're going to go. He drove them straight to Florida, 17 hours, but he had to work, so he turned around and drove back. So what, 34 say, hours at once? Yeah. Maybe he stopped along the way, and they're like, this is dad of the century, right? I mean, what? And I was just thinking, no, it's not. He just got rid of his entire house. <laughs> <laughs> Right. He just basically created his own vacation. Exactly. Exactly what he did. And nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about what a great dad he is. And I'm like, he's not the he's the worst dad ever. Wait, hang on. There is so much to unpack here. Okay. First of all, a fun dad would would totally do that. He would say, if there's no flight, I'll drive you guys down. No problem. But let's just discuss driving to Florida because there are people who do this. I cannot drive for more than two hours in a row. Same. I'm with that, you. That is it. But you have driven to Florida, have you not? No, I never have. I always wanted to. I always, it's on my bucket list just to say I did it, but I know I wouldn't be able to. I, I would not. After two, three hours, my eyes start getting heavy. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't sit that long. I can't take these long car rides. I, I, it's just not in my DNA. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. And, and, and I want to understand what these people are made of, that they are driving 17 hours. Very simple. He was thinking to himself, when I get back, it's vacation for me. Right. That was a good motivator. Yeah. Excellent point. 
So getting back to the anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories, he's not the only person on the Democrat side who was called out for anti-Semitism this week. Congressman Jayapal was also called out. She had this to say. Can I say something as somebody that's been in the streets and, and has participated in a lot of demonstrations? I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve self-determination and autonomy, that the dream, that the dream of a two-state solution is slipping away from us, that it is not, that it does not even feel possible. So she was speaking at an event where she said, uh, we've been working hard to make it clear that Israel is a racist state. A bunch of very prominent Democrats came out condemning what she said, and she kind of walked it back. But you can't really walk that back. You said it. We all saw it. Yeah, I'm sorry if my words hurt anybody. Okay, but you're an anti-Semite. You know, whenever I see this, it it feels like there's always a, a hidden agenda from them. Does what that do make mean? sense? What do you mean? Like she, I don't, I don't think she really believes that Israel is a racist country. I don't think she believes that. I think that she's following a narrative that is pandering to her base. She's definitely pandering, but I see no reason to not take her at her word and 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 believe that she does believe that. Why? Why wouldn't we take because her? Because where's word? the proof? Where is the proof in it? What do you mean? Can she point to policies or laws or situations that are racist on behalf of the entire state of Israel? Yeah, you've you've heard uh, Talib and uh, AOC and uh, Ilhan Omar. They all point to these things. They 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 selectively pick and choose these these factoids, and they base everything on those things. For instance, when the Israeli army went into Janine, and you know there were there were apparently some some children who got killed. So they'll point to that, but they, they and they'll say, "Oh, Israel kills children," but they won't talk about the fact that in the school, the school itself, they were launching rockets from the school. Like right. they, they leave that right. part out. Right. So, well, it's te- obviously it's terribly unfortunate that children were were harmed. Of but, course. But then they choose to ignore the fact that the actual rockets were coming from a school. Exactly. So that's kind of important. Exactly. So they pick and choose, and. Um, you know, we are talking a lot about anti-Semitism because it is, in Yanadayama, it is the season for that because, as we know, the first and second temples were destroyed at this time. Uh, we know that Sinas was a major part of it, baseless hatred, especially between Jews. And uh, so it, it's almost like it's in the air, right? It's the season for anti-Semitism, even among Jews, unfortunately. And you could see that clearly in what's going on in Israel. I'm sure you've been seeing... What's been going on in Israel? I mean, I just really want you to define baseless. You know what I mean? Like, what is <laughs> define baseless? Why, why it's got to be a joke to you, bro? <laughs> no, I just I I need to know because you know I have a lot of emotions that flow through me when it comes to other people in general. You know, and there are certain reasons why I do certain <laughs> things. I just need to know if I'm transgressing or not. Why don't you give us an example and we'll tell you if it's baseless or not. For example, the guy that shushes me in shul, right? (laughs) Am I allowed to hate him? I don't think so. I think that's baseless. But there is a basis, right? (laughs) The basis is his shushing. Right, right? but he, I mean, you shouldn't be talking in shul. 
right? I, I get it. I get it. But who made you the police? Are you the shul police? I think it's baseless, bro. What That's else? Baseless? You, got? you have another one? A, a parking spot. I was about to get into this spot and the Ooh. other guy just, come on. Yeah, Give I hear something that. there. Give I hear me something. That. I hear that one. That's not baseless, right? Right. It's a pretty hear. strong base for that <laughs> hatred. I think when we when 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 the rabbis say baseless hatred, what they mean is that it's got to be something so extremely bad that it warrants the hatred. It, these things that we're talking about, obviously, they're, they're unimportant, right? And that's what to makes you, it maybe. baseless hatred to you, maybe, because <laughs> you're in a rush and I need that parking spot, right? No, we all, listen, I will not deny that I've been in the situation where I've opened my window and, you know, let the let the, the spot stealer have it. But that doesn't mean it's not baseless hatred. Okay, so we have what to work on. Yes. So, um, you know, the in Israel right now, the protests have started up again because Netanyahu has restarted the whole thing about the, the judge, the Supreme Court uh, judge reforms. They started that up again. And so now the protests have started up again. And things are getting crazy. Uh, Netanyahu had to eject someone from the Likud party, uh, a guy named Itzik Zarka, who, I mean, this was really, really bad. I mean, th- there's no excuse for what he said. I'm not going to play the clip because it's too offensive. Well, but what he did he say? He basically said, uh, I- I'm assuming he's Sephardi, and he said, uh, you know, six million died in the Holocaust. I'm proud that they did. Something Aye. along those lines, yeah, yeah. You know, his point was, I, I guess, to say, you know, you people are as bad as the Nazis. I don't even know what his point was, but it's in such poor taste to have a soundbite of an Israeli person saying that to his fellow Jews. It's just really, really horrible. Well, then I'm glad he got ejected from the Knesset. And let's just be clear, you have to do a lot to get a Knesset ejection. Well, I don't think he was in the Knesset. He was part of uh, Likud, but he wasn't a member of, of Knesset. But he was like, a, let's say let's say here in the equivalent in America would be like saying someone who was part of the, the, the Democratic Party. You know, not necessarily a, a government position holder, but, but a member of the party. And so they threw him out of Likud. But of course they have to throw him out of Likud. I, I believe in Israel, the only thing on the books right now that still is, uh, they, they don't have the death penalty for anything except for uh, anything to do with the Holocaust, you know, Nazi collaboration or anything like that. Right, but not discussing the Holocaust or denying right. it for that matter. Right, but it just... You're talking about involvement saying, in the Holocaust. Exactly. Right. But the Holocaust, is it's still raw, you know, even though it's many years later, but it's still pretty raw, and you don't joke about that, and you don't even use it as a, as a, as a curse to curse somebody. You just, you don't go there. Right, I get that. So I know we spoke about the judicial reforms before, but I still can't wrap my head around why people are getting so heated. Remember, it's they want to have a court system that is similar to the United States. It's not like an outlandish conservative uh, setup that they want to make that doesn't exist anywhere in the world. Like, why so much passion? Well. It's a good. It's a good point. It's a good question. It it is right versus left. It has become that issue, but um, I was actually recently speaking to Nidal, who we interviewed, and go back and listen to that episode. Nidal Ganim, uh, who is an ex Secret Service from Israel, he always is good for uh, very good insight into what's going on in Israel, and he was really doom and gloom. You know, he was telling me he got me pretty afraid. He basically pointed out that right now. 
you know, Israel as a country, the power of Israel and the power of the Israeli army, it comes from the reservists. It doesn't come from the army. There's only 30,000 regular active soldiers. There's 400,000 reservists. And a lot of these reservists are saying, we're out. We're not going to serve. You have the pilots, the, the, the Air Force pilots saying, we're out. You have the special forces people saying, we're out. Now, these are not the active soldiers. Again, these are the reservists, but these are the people, you know, if there was going to be an attack in Iran, they're not taking some, you know, 20-year-old fresh out of training guy to lead that mission. They're taking the best of the best. That guy's a reservist. He's part of the, the bigger group of reservists. And that guy's saying, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm not doing this. So it's a major problem. So to me, that's a super interesting thing. I did not know that we rely on the reservists to protect the country, right? Like, But it makes sense. There could be 30,000 troops and then 400,000 reservists that are the main force, the driving force behind the Israeli military. It's very interesting. But I will say that I, I think that they might be bluffing. Like if, I, if, 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 if there's a war that, that, they, that needs them to serve – Right. If the country calls on them and says, guys, I know you said you're out, but Iran is coming. What do we do? I think so, they're going to get on board. It's funny. I, I actually said the same thing to Nidal. And what he told me was, you're right. He said, and, and it, it, I could draw a parallel to 9-11, right? Because after 9-11, uh, there was no Republicans and Democrats. There was no left and right. Everybody was just American and we want to go get the killers. So he said, that is true. However, Right now, we know that Iran most likely either has a nuclear bomb or they're going to have it imminently, and they have to plan for that, right? The only way they could plan for that is with all of these high-level people, and they're saying, we're not going to be involved in the government. We're not, we're not involved with what you're planning. So they could literally bring everything to, to a grinding halt. Well, it is a scary thought, and, and that is, I guess, Israel's most imminent threat is Iran. Yeah. And another thing he pointed out is, don't forget, there are 2.5 million Arabs, Arab Israelis. Now, imagine something went down. Who do you think, whose side do you think they're going to be on? Right. That's always, that's a, listen, that's always the risk. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a good situation. And, uh, you know, it's obvious that that's why Biden did not invite Netanyahu to come to the United States. He invited Herzog instead. Karine uh, Jean-Pierre was asked about it. Uh, she pushed it off. Oh, it's very complicated inviting heads of state. It's not It's not so simple. It's complicated. But we all know that Biden is letting his position be known. Uh, a lot of the world is really against Netanyahu right now. And, uh, and in other news coming out of Israel, what is being deemed possibly anti-Semitic, but it probably really isn't, probably a simpler reason for it. But so 77-year-old Nisim Kalon, he was basically homeless. And he set himself up a tent on the uh, shores of Herzliya. And over time, he started digging into the side of this like mountain and he made like a cave and he kept expanding it, growing it. And he basically lives inside this cave now. <laughs> and it, it's, it's gotten so popular that he actually gives tours of this, you know, cave house that he made for himself. He's been there since the 70s. And now the Israeli government is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, since the 70s? Yeah. So he basically carved his own, like, he made his own home in the side of a mountain. Yes. And now the Israeli and what government... what a neighborhood. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, beachfront, how beachfront property. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and we're going to include a picture of this guy, of course. And um, yeah, now the Israeli government is saying they want to get rid of him and demolish the whole thing. And he's flipping out and saying, I lived here my whole life and I'm going to die here. But they're saying this whole thing's illegal. And so his answer is, well, then why did, you know, I applied for electricity and plumbing and they gave me both of those things. Really? Yeah. yeah. So he has a cave with electricity and plumbing. Yes. And all for free. Yeah. I love this guy. <laughs> he's your hero. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're saying that he's going to be evicted and he's saying, uh, I'm not going anywhere. So it's a showdown. Let me ask you something. You have a door? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a cave. Does he have a doll? I I I, I don't know. I mean, this is coming from the uh, the post, but it, it doesn't. I can't really tell. It doesn't actually. It doesn't look like he does. Uh, there's a bunch of pictures of him inside this this cave dwelling, and uh, I mean, it looks like a cave dwelling. There's, there's, there's no mistaking it. Yeah, like the forefathers, right? <laughs> he live uh, like a tent almost. Yeah. So I'm looking at the pictures for the first time and like this is a cave complex must be yeah. yes. because first of all, the walls are painted. He's got a picture of the Lubavitcher Rebbe on, on, on one of the walls. Of course. He's got a, self, <laughs> a, a self-portrait, you know, he, I think he's reading a safer. I mean, this it, man has the life. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, down to the velour pants. Yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I, I would be very upset if somebody tried to evict me from this. Uh, and look, it's like a small opening, which leads into like a very big living area. I mean, this, this man does have it made. <laughs> Why don't you go visit him? He gives tours. Uh, to the left, you're going to see the dining area. This is where <laughs> I have Shabbat meal. Uh, over there, we have the stovetop all working just me and the bats don't worry they they have no disease all these uh, bats covid free i check them please and in the last picture you can see he's actually on the beachfront with like mosaic yeah. tiles i mean this is the real deal <laughs> yeah now you know why he doesn't want to get evicted this by the way it's worth joining the whatsapp group just for these pictures Yep. That's how great they are. You got to be in the group to see it. But also in Israel, I have a follow-up from our last episode where we spoke about, you know, when you're in Israel and uh, you call a taxi and you're always nervous, is it a Palestinian driver or is it not? So uh, this was submitted to us from a listener. This is Abe from Bergenfield. He sent this in. Uh, so the we spoke about it in the past. The uh, In Israel, they don't use Uber as much as they use Get. So when you reserve in Get, I don't know if it's still this way, but based on the article, and we'll include this picture— you can choose just like with Uber, you know, you have Uber Blacks so over there. You have Get Express, Get Premium, and Get Mahadran. And the Get Mahadran has a little icon of two candles, which would seem to be Shabbos candles, right? So the idea being that you could have a Shoma Shabbos person driving you. Now, Get was sued by a group of Arabs because they said this wasn't about getting religious drivers. This was so that Jews could make sure that they got a taxi that wasn't driven by an Arab. And in fact, they were awarded six million shekel on this lawsuit. Well, I think even more concerning is now you, that app is probably, uh, the feature of the app rather is probably gone. 
Yeah, is it? I don't know. If we have any Israelis listening, uh, we'd like to know. Do, can you still order Get Mahadran? Because if you can, that guarantees you're not getting a Palestinian driver. Why you don't want me to drive you? I also light candles, right? I light <laughs> candles for the Eid, right? <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> and just to be fair, like I always understood the, the Mahadran uh, option to be if you want somebody who's Shemr Shabbos to be driving you, it's 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 really among Jews. Like if you want, if if you told me that the secular Jews are suing because they don't, they're not getting the jobs because you can choose Mahadrin over regular, right? I that I would understand more. Why? What what difference does it make on a random Tuesday if you have a Shomer Shabbos person driving you? I don't know. The same reason why you walk through Borough Park and every single store says Shomer Shabbos on it. Right, this a thing. People like to 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 do business with someone who's Shemir Shabbos, right? I don't think it's necessarily anti-Arab as much as it is anti-Chiloni. Well, interesting, interesting point. They did they did win six point one million shekels though. So <laughs> that's all that matters, right? That's all that really matters. I mean, look, it's a it's an app. Imagine Uber having to shell out six million shekels, no less, not even dollars, right? Right. They didn't even put up a fight. They were like, they were like, hey, you need six million shekels, no problem. Just please, quiet already. Yala, drive. But speaking of discrimination, did you see the story where the uh, where the Jewish family got kicked out of the hotel? Yes, in the Catskills. Yes, that was disturbing to me. Very disturbing. I mean, we don't have enough information. I, I mean, they they for those who don't know, there was a, a family. I think it was uh, thirty people. They were, at, they were at a hotel in Hunter, New York, in the Catskills, and it was 40, actually. 40 members of a family were thrown out on Shabbos, and they begged them, according to the article from Yeshiva World, they begged them not to throw them out on Shabbos, saying, you know, you know, Shabbos for us, we, we, we can't do anything. Like, and, we'll leave right after Shabbos. Right. But like, we just can't walk out now, and it's like these long Shabbos afternoons. Like, wh- what are you doing? Where are you going? And they called the police, and the family was forced to go with the police and uh, a, a very generous uh, Jewish family uh, received everybody and they went to someone's house. Well, they would have been well, left stranded. So the nearest Jewish home was 25 minutes away and the men who could walk obviously walked and the kids who were not going to make it obviously had to go with the police to that location. So right. disturbing all around. And look, I understand that Jewish families are not like the easiest on the, you know, when it comes to, like, I can't even take my own kids on a Shabbos afternoon, let right. alone. We know they hotel. were probably rowdy, right? They were rowdy. <laughs> Come on, they were rowdy. But when you take this in, like, I feel like you need to understand. And if it's a situation where it, it's really overbearing, you, you just have to have patience. You cannot throw out, like, Sabbath observing Jews onto the street and and just tell them good luck. 100%. And Yeshiva World, actually, in the article, they say that they confirm it's at least the second time this specific hotel threw out an Orthodox Jewish patron on Shabbos. So it's not like it's even the first time. And we're not talking about one patron. We're talking about 40 people. 40 people, yeah. Right. Pretty crazy. It's a big deal. I imagine they'll dispute any credit card charges. So the hotel is giving up like a sizable chunk of, of sales here. Jew hatred run, burns deep, my friend. <laughs> runs deep. It really does. <laughs> I know it's not even funny. It's not funny at all. It's not funny. So, 
But so it is it is the season. It is the yeah. season. Well, in other news, and just so I saw this article and I thought it was interesting. So you know how like uh, different government organizations and you know just different countries they all have different top level domains. So it could be like .com, .gov, .edu, right? We're, we're all yeah, familiar yeah. with that. Whitehouse.gov. Exactly. Exactly. So the military has the .mil top level domain. So any you know U.S. Air Force .mil. So there's a different top-level domain, .ml, without the I. That goes to the country of Mali, as an M-A-L-I. So it seems that many emails that were meant to go to military email addresses were accidentally sent to Mali email addresses. And Mali is an ally of Russia. So now Russia has inadvertently got a hold of all of these military emails from the United States. Wow, that's got to be some sensitive information if it's going to a military email address. I, w- I would think. And well, I, I would also imagine, like, isn't there something like a safeguard? Like, this is classified info. Shouldn't there be like a prompt saying, are you sure you want to send <laughs> this to, to Mali? <laughs> <laughs> to the Russian ally. <laughs> we shall compensate small republic in Africa. Great, <laughs> great reward. Great reward. <laughs> and with that, we're going to bring this episode to an end. And don't forget, people, to check out and share our hotline. The number is 605-417-0303. You could listen to all of our casts, share with a friend and a family member, especially those people who don't have internet. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. You ready? Comment. Wait, let me think. I just said, let me think, and you—you're very disrespectful with the beep. I'm gonna have it confiscated. (laughs) (laughs) I can have it confiscated, you know. Try, try. You had a pause, so you were good. It's not because I. Oh, sorry. You don't know how annoying it is. It's infuriating. It's like I say a word, beep, 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 beep. I'm glad you're having fun. I'm glad you're having fun. Loads. I got to entertain myself Hold on. somehow. What's the matter, bro? <laughs> Kiss it, bro. <laughs> I don't care, bro. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.